The muse tells me this. Ours is a love story as common as the oyster in New York and as rare as the thing we all seek. To love and be loved in return. The muse tells me this. Live life from now on as a love story. Every error you make is when you do not realize love is the story you are telling. I tell her this is so unreasonable. I have so much to do to keep it all in motion. Most days I feel a cosmic juggler trying to keep all the balls in the air. She tells me I must become the lover, not the juggler, and the hour is near, is here. The muse, she likes New York minutes, the red lights at night on Madison Avenue flashing, the white faux fur brushing his cheek as he leans in for a kiss on the corner of Madison and Fifth Avenue. The red lights at Moulin Rouge, the can-can fishnets making us laugh. I squeeze his hand tighter. I squeeze the hand of my dear friend tighter. We smile. Ours is a love story. From the Cycladians, we rush to Byzantium at the Met, and from there we rush to the modern to greet friends. We know Hilma and Frida, thank goodness for you. We give our regards to the previously nameless basement women artists. Their names have not been spoken in the New York museum scene until now, not like this. I must say her name over and over and over as I look at Merritt Oppenheim's fur-lined teacup and spoon, the lover of Max Ernst. I must have heard his name a thousand times, but hers only now, but I can't quite recall. Had her name been spoken to me and I just didn't pay attention, even though Andre Breton found her brilliant enough to publish her notebook when she was 16 years old, the first woman allowed Andre into the male-only surrealist establishment. She was only pulling their leg and was a muse of persuasion, it seems. I am struck by her look and how she reminds me of my own teacher with her shorn white hair, baggy pants, and boots. I dash with savor from one African-American artist to another whose names have not been spoken in the New York museum scene like this, not like this, until now, until we had to close everything down so that these museums could revision a different story. Basquat must share his stage with the old Edgefield, South Carolina potter Dave, a poet who signed his work with words of wisdom and humor upon the ordinary object of a meat pot for the enslaved to store their provisions, risking his life for a line of poetry in a time when he was not allowed to write. His perfect penmanship scribed into clay forever in the hear me now at the Met. I hear you, David Drake. I say your name. I read the meat pot and I say your name. I say the names of the countless women who have no name carved on the front of the pottery in the acres and acres at the Met. Women upon horses, women with a blade, women dancing, women dining, women 
whose bodies fecund with beauty do not just represent fertility, please. There is no equity for the masculine and the feminine in the early art because she rises large and he only here and there. One phallic symbol among thousands of vulvas. At one time, the women figured largely in art. Perhaps it will come again. Perhaps I will be a part of that movement. New York has changed. New York has invited the uninvited. We journey to Harlem for a handmade supper with the art dealer in his lovely shoes and moves and the performing artist and her knowing smile and her call to humor as a form of healing. They teach us about art, New York style. Quietly, I speak to Mona Lisa about all of this. She of the knowing smile who I see somehow on almost every street nowadays. She's on a pair of socks. She's on a matchbox. She's now hawking real estate. Just text Mona. If she only knew her expression, holding sorrow and joy would become an icon for this age. And I am remembering the moment with my own teacher as we jostle for position at the Louvre and Paris to see Mona Lisa. We are disgruntled by all the people. She cannot believe what it feels like to be amongst all these people and their phones. And I say to her, they are all here to see her. Oh, New York, I am always happy to see you and always sad to go. Ciao, adieu, darling. How you welcome us as you have every year since the first year. The place where this love story begins. On the grounds of the United Nations when my lover saved the day. We will be back to speak the truths of artists again and again as often as you will have us. Our friends from Boston dine with us and laugh with us and enjoy the lights of love blooming in these city streets. We speak to them passionately of love and of patience how new lovers need patience and time. The birds sweep love to us as we are peddled through Central Park under a fuzzy green blanket still freezing, given history by Sean, the Irish cyclist. The men in metal bear witness to the past. I wonder what woman should join the conversation here amongst the trees in Central Park. Tavern on the Green, Gramercy Tavern, Grand Central Oyster Bar, and Estatorio Milo's Crab Cakes, the best in New York, they say, and we do agree. And Benjamin's Steak, and oh, the birthday cake with sparkles, and it's only just noon, and the woman in the slinky black dress with the white polka dots and high heels begins to sing, this is no ordinary love, indeed. If this is a love story, everything makes sense to me. The muse says to me, I told you. Ah, you did, didn't you? But today, now it is time to rise from these sticky white sheets where I sleep so well amongst the sounds. I will see you soon, New York. I will always return to you because our love story includes you and it always has. We fell in love here. I came here when I was 21 and stayed up all night dancing and made out with strangers. And I will never forget having a beer and cheesecake with Quentin Crisp, one of my heroes. The naked civil servant will always remind me of New York. 
The muse, dear one, is wearing sequins and a rose tattoo, and the sky today is robin's egg blue, and all I can do is think of you, and I have put a cup of tea fur-lined out for you.